listening to New Life the Fort, where the person of Jesus Christ and His love for you are shared. You've probably heard of the story about the Samaritan woman. Anybody heard about that? Preaching about that? And you know the story. We'll read the uh, uh, part of it later on. But I'm sure you've heard other preachings about that. But one of the things I glean from that story is that Jesus is able to deal with every area of our life that there's need in our life. Whatever you need, whether in the physical, whether in your emotion, in your mind, or any part of your soul, or in the spirit, there's only one, re- there's only one uh, answer, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to this woman. He said, I need to go to Samaria. And he really, when he, the woman had no idea Jesus was coming. Jesus made an appointment with her in the spirit, but she didn't know. Maybe some of you here, you don't know it yet, but you have an appointment. And that's coming. You're maybe just going, doing your own thing. You're just on your way somewhere and Jesus meets you. Amen. And your whole life will change, will turn around. You will see victory happen in your life. And you were not even expecting it. You were praying for it. You were asking, Lord, when it's going to happen. And boom. Are you ready for boom moments? If you don't know what to pray, Lord, let it boom today. (laughs) Okay? Lord, boom. (laughs) So, So this woman, Jesus met him, met her. There at the well. And what is the first approach of Jesus? Give me some water. Water is something that we use when you're thirsty. Jesus was tired. He, the disciples going, were going out to get food. So he's pr- probably hungry and, and tired and thirsty. And he asks for water. You know, a lot of people can relate with physical needs. So among you have needs in the natural, in the physical. Right? You know who's able to answer that? Jesus. He comes in just to begin to have a conversation with this woman. The woman goes, you don't have a bucket. And why are you speaking to me? I'm a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. You're a Jewish man. We don't have dealings. Hello. I don't know if she said hello. That's just my translation. And then they begin to talk and uh, back and forth, back and forth. And then um, later on, Jesus says, well, then call your husband. She gets caught off guard and she says, oh, um, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're correct. In fact, you've had five and the guy you're with now is not your, has- uh, your husband. Booking. And then she responds, you know, very interestingly. And she goes, ah, you're a prophet. Yeah, but interesting. Propeta ka, you're a prophet. You know things. And then she diverts the conversation. She does not dwell in her emotional needs. You know, she diverts the conversation and she goes on to talk about worship. So you move from physical. Jesus wanted to talk about your needs in the, in the soul. But really, the root of all of that is in the spirit. And she goes on to say, you Jews, you say this is the place to worship. We, this, we believe this is the place to worship and whatever. Then Jesus goes to this answer. And then he says, A time will come, this is in John chapter 4, verse 23 to 26. A time will come, however, indeed it is already here. Somebody say, it's already here. When the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit And in truth, number one, who among you are worshipers in this place? There you go. This is you. It says, worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Somebody say truth. Uh, Close in parenthesis, reality. For the Father is seeking such people as these as His worshipers. Verse 24, God is a spirit, a spiritual being. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit And in truth, somebody say reality. The woman said to him, 
I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ, the Anointed One. And when he arrives, he will tell us everything we need to know and make it clear to us. Jesus' reply, I, who now speak with you, am here. Now, if you want to put a title to this message, um, you can write this. Uh, I, I got this from a movie. There's a movie a long time ago um, with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise was a, an attorney, a military lawyer, and he was grilling this high-ranking official, that is Jack Nicholson, and wanting him to tell us the truth of what's really, what really went on in the movie. And then at that high pressure, who among you remember this movie, A Few Good Men? Raise your hand, it's okay. I want to see how old you guys are. Okay, just kidding. Okay, I just researched this. Um, <laughs> now, at that high, that climax, that high pressure moment, the, the star, Jack Nicholson, shouts, You can't handle the truth! That's what he says. You can't handle the truth. The question is, Gulat, the question is, can you handle the truth? Turn to somebody, ask them, can you handle the truth? When a, there's a subtitle to this, frame your reality with the truth. Frame your reality with the truth. Now the word truth there, remember it says, you will worship him in spirit and in truth. You know that word there, in the Amplified, it would say also reality because it also means reality. In fact, it would, it would mean this. In the Greek word, is, if you're interested, aletheia, maybe you want to speak Greek at home, I don't know. <laughs> it means what is true independent of circumstances. In other words, whatever is happening, the facts of life, these are circumstances, these are situations in life. It may be happening in your life, but it doesn't mean it would change the truth about who you are. For example, if you go to the Word, the Word says, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. The fact of the matter is, Jesus died so that we, He can impart to us that healing, and even beyond healing, that divine health. So the truth of the matter is, if your circumstances are saying you have symptoms in your body, you go stand in the truth, and that truth can change the facts. The facts may be, you're looking at your wallet. Who among you have wallets? Some of you, you forget the wallet, just bag na. Ano karami? Okay? Have you ever experienced a time in your life that when you look at your wallet, there's nothing there but air? It's a lonely place. Walang tao sa wallet mo. Hello? Wala. But Jesus said that He became poor so that we, be we may become rich. The factor saying that you don't have uh, money in your wallet, but you stand in the truth that, we, you know what? This is a temporary thing. The reason why it's empty now, it's just empty so that it will be filled May pagkakataon ang magkaroon ng laman. Hindi na siya malungkot. In fact, we know somebody who has two wallets. The left and the right. One is for himself. The other, the other wallet is filled with money so that he can give it away. Who among you would like, would like to have two wallets? Wow. Check in na lang. So this is true independent of circumstance or it also means that which is of highest and ultimate reality. Ultimate, this woman, Samaritan woman, had an encounter with the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. And anybody who knows the truth, the truth will set so freedom comes because you understand 
the truth. You had an encounter with the truth. And this woman got set free from whatever she was going through because she, is encount- she encountered the truth. In, in such a short time, there was an absolute change. Even people uh, acknowledged it. She was hiding in the middle of the day. She didn't want to be uh, you know, associated with anyone. She was ashamed of what's, what's going on in her lives. And then after encount- an encounter with the truth, she left whatever she was doing, went to the very people she was trying to hide from, and brought them in to have an encounter with the one she encountered. And guess what happened? It says, everybody says, We're not, we don't only believe because you said it, we believe because we've seen it. And every time you have an encounter with the truth, it opens up an opportunity for you to relocate to another, to a higher reality. You're not anymore limiting yourself. I I don't have to think in this low level because Christ has brought me to a higher level. We need to relocate. Sometimes we, we think in such a low level. God is saying, don't stay there. Don't go back to that low level. I brought you up. Relocate with me. This higher reality or ultimate reality. Do you know that that term actually, ultimate reality, that's what a lot of people are looking for. You go to the internet, type ultimate reality, you'll have scientists, philosophers, all different kinds of people trying to describe what reality really is. Ultimate reality. A lot of people. Okay, and uh, this seeming hunger is not just in some of us, it's in all of us. Now, let me share with you something uh, very personal with me. And you might find it a bit weird. You might be weird yourself, so it's okay. Okay, there are times, and it still happens these days, that maybe I'm driving, sitting down somewhere or just contemplating on things or whatever, thinking. And then there will, I find myself looking at myself, looking at my hands and I go, wow, this is real. I'm, I'm looking at everything and you go, wow, Lord, this is, I'm, I'm real, I'm really here. Now, would you be honest, do you ask that question? Who among you asked that question? There you go. A couple of weird peoples like me. But I don't know if you've asked, I don't know if you vocalized it in that way. Maybe you think about it in, diff, in another way. But it's just saying it, but it's the, the essence or the seeking is the same. Where does it come from? I believe God put that there. That regardless of era, regardless of status, educational attainment, or whatever, there's something within us that's seeking what is really true, what is reality. In Acts chapter 17, verse 27, it would say there that his purpose was for the nations to seek after God. He put that hunger in us so that Nations will seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him, though He's not far from any one of us. Meaning God put it there so that if if He doesn't put it there, you you won't look for Him. Because He wants to be found. Like when I play with my kids, hide and seek, they're not really trying to hide. They want to be found. I I have a little boy, three years old now. And we'd say, let's play hide and seek. And we'll count. One, two, and then he's going to go, and and he will make a lot of noise just so you can follow where he's going. And then you'd you'd hear him laughing. You know exactly where he is. Hey, can you find me? He's not really trying to hide. He wants to be found. And God is not really hiding. He wants to be found by you. It says there, and though, though he is not far from any one of us, there's that hunger that he put there, that void that he can only fill. The challenge with us is this. We have a limited measuring stick in order to determine what is real. You and I, if we remain in the physical realm and uh, just measure things in the physical like, have you ever seen a measuring stick, uh, a uh, meter stick? You've seen that? 
Okay? Um, there's a picture here. I'll explain these things later on. But I remember when I was in high school, um, <laughs> Section A and B, they're the smartest class. Okay? And, uh, you know, uh, honor students are there. I was at Section H. Malayo. <laughs> okay? And uh, it's a bit different because one of the teachers would go in there with a meter stick. Goes into class. Everybody's talking. Nobody's minding the teacher. And the teacher would go, Baba! And he would do that several times before we realize he's actually there. And then he would walk around with his meter stick. And then if you do something wrong or you're trying to be funny, he'd call you out, Mr. De La Pena, come here. Sir. You're not going to face the class. He's going to turn around. Turn around. And then he'd go, Actually, it doesn't hurt. Okay? Uh, But everybody would laugh. So I remember meter stick. <laughs> it made a mark in my life. Okay? But you and I, we measure things with our senses that is limited. If we use only these senses, our hearing, our taste, our smell, our, our sight, and our feel, if we use things to grope after that which is eternal, it will be limited. We won't go. Apart from the grace of God, we won't know. We can't find. We can't, you know, things will not open up for us. And people limit themselves. For example, probably one of the most used measuring uh, uh, stick that we use is the sight. In the world, they would say, to see is to believe. I would only believe it if I see it. Now, I don't know, but before I was like that, anybody honest here, I want to see it first. Okay? Like if somebody you don't know, you went outside, you, want, you don't know them, and somebody comes up to you, alika? Miss, miss, alika, alika. Oh, yeah, uh, sir, sir, alika, alika. Um, bukas, you don't know this person from Adam. Okay? And comes up to you and say, uh, magkita tayo bukas dito, bigyan kita ng cheque for 1,000 pesos. Now, would you believe that person? Para hindi mo kilala. Now, siguro kung talagang desperado ka, sige. <laughs> okay? Pero, sabi niya sa'yo, pero, um, pautang muna ng 500. Bukas bayaran ko 1,000. Probably, you know, you won't trust that person. You don't know them. Okay? But, all of us, used to, or at least even sometimes, have this tendency that we want to see first before we believe. That's how the world functions. But Jesus comes in and says, no, we'll, we'll turn things around. Believe, and then you will see. What? I have to step out first? First, Jesus, Jesus calls out Peter, step out. Talaga, Lord. Grabe, gumagalaw yung water eh. Right? Pwede bang mas calm? Would you, would you step out if you were Peter and it's waves and storm and whatever, would you step out if it was calmer? Ayoko, bagyo eh. Patigilin mo muna. <laughs> eh, tubig pa rin yun eh. It hasn't changed its substance. What made him? He stepped out and he stepped on the Word of God. Not on water. He was really stepping on because he said it. That gave him the ability but let's go back to this. Do you know, now, have you ever thought about, you know, I wish sometimes, you know, parang it would have been cool if I had experienced walking with Jesus when He was alive. You know, to see all those miracles and to hang out with Him and walk for miles upon miles upon miles with Him and all of that. And, uh, you know, who among you have thought about what would it be, be like walking with Jesus? Parang you're reading this, really? Parang wang galing siguro, no? Galing siguro, no? When, when Jesus said, now, you do it. You pray. Talaga, sabi ni Lord, come out. You see all these things. Do you think you'd really believe 
that Jesus is God if you walked with Him? Sometimes we think like that. Alam mo, pag nandun ako, siguro ako rin maniniwala. Now, let's move forward a few years after walking with Jesus. Because at the end of that, Jesus, the disciples saw Jesus suffer. Jesus crucified. Jesus dying. Jesus getting buried. And all of them were disappointed, heartbroken, confused, depressed. And then later on, after a few days, Jesus is alive again. The women find, found out. Then some of the disciples found out. One of the last people who heard about it was Thomas. What did Thomas say? I would believe it if I see it. That right? So even a disciple, seeing all the things that Jesus did, was still at that point where I wanna believe, I'll only believe if I see it. In fact, unless I put my hand where his wounds are, I won't believe it. Now, who among you, at one time or the other, felt like Thomas? Wow, yung iba sa inyo ang bait. Right, Lord? You know, maniniwala ko, pero pakita mo muna. Sige na, Lord. But you know what? Jesus is so gracious. He is not proud. He's not, ako si God, ikaw yung umakyat. Now, if, can you imagine that? If that's the attitude of God, ako si God, ikaw akyat ka dito, ba't ako bababa sa'yo? God ako eh. Right? But God, because of His heart, because of His love, He came down. And in the same way, He went down to where the, Thomas was in his believing. You want, me to sh- you, you, want, you want me to show myself to you? Shows himself. And that's not enough. You believe? That, now, if, if that was you, if, that, if you were Thomas, and Jesus appears to you, would that be enough? Parang, okay na, okay na, Lord, okay na, okay na. Niwala na ako. But what did he say? If I put my hands in there. Jesus took his hand and said, this is where you're at. I want to meet you where you're at. Right here. Touches it. And Thomas is changed drastically after that. He gave his life. He became a martyr. Went to India, gave his life. Lives changed in that part of the world. But then, Jesus says something very interesting. Right after that happened with Thomas, he says, but blessed are those who believe even if they don't see. Now, who among you believe Jesus? Who among you have seen Him like Thomas did? Do you know that you have a special blessing because you believe anyway despite the fact you haven't seen Him? You're blessed. You're blessed. That's something to rejoice about. Yay! What <laughs> excited But that is, that's what the Bible is saying. You don't get stuck with seeing so that you can believe. In fact, the scripture says, you know, uh, whatever you ask of God, believe that you receive it and then you will have it. When did the, the, the receiving come? Before or after? Before. Say before. Correct. <laughs> receive that, uh, believe that you receive it and then you will have it. Having comes after receiving it. Believing it comes first before seeing it. In fact, another scripture says, when Jesus was talking to Mary and Martha, Jesus was about to resurrect Lazarus. And he turns to them and says, Did not, didn't I tell you that if you would only believe, say believe, you would see the glory of God. Believing comes first, seeing came after. This is now how this Truth, this reality functions. It's a different world. Last week, <laughs> last week, Pastor was talking about, uh, uh, in essence, two kinds of roads. But they converge and they, they, they merge because something similar happened. You have one road going to Emmaus, two disciples going that way. You have one road going to Damascus, Paul going that way. Two disciples going, taking this road to Emmaus, depressed, sad, because Jesus died. You have Paul going to Damascus, angry, 
you know, self-righteous, wanted to persecute Christians. In the middle of their travel, Jesus meets them. The first disciples, with their eyes open, didn't recognize Jesus. With Paul, on the road to Damascus, light shows up, his sight shuts down, and couldn't see, was given instructions. Both of them, one eyes open, another one got close, they couldn't see. Both of them couldn't see. And then what happened? Later on, as they progress in this travel to Emmaus, Jesus does the communion, the uh, you know, breaking of bread with them. And suddenly, after breaking of bread, Jesus disappears. Because suddenly, they stopped using their eyes to recognize Jesus. They recognized Him with His heart. And suddenly, it is not anymore necessary that we see Him because regardless whether we see Him or not, we believe Him. And they begin to see with their heart. And that excited them, gave them energy to go the extra mile. With Paul, something amazing happens. He gets an instruction, I want you to go to this guy. And this guy prays. And how did he receive his sight? He was not a believer. He hated, believe, he hated Christians. But Jesus met him and shows himself. And then he follows the instructions. And then this guy prays. And what happens? Scales fell from his eyes. You know what has, what has scales, aside from fish? Snake, reptile, serpent. What is covering a lot of people's eyes there is the enemy. And you come in with the power of God and let them see the true reality in Christ. And you will see their lives changed. It is an amazing thing to discover what God has done for us what the reality that is waiting for us in Christ. As I said a while ago, a lot of people are looking for, you know, for this ultimate reality. You know, it's very, very interesting that this is real. This is science stuff, okay? Uh, As recent as last year, even some people are talking about it, this year. And uh, more recent studies. These are current uh, scientists, high in their field, respected in their field. And this is what they're saying. Okay? Who among you have seen the movie The Matrix? Matrix? Okay, it's not a sin, it's okay. Alright. Now you know the concept. There's this guy, ordinary programmer and whatever, and then he's starting to see weird things. And he's c- kind of confused. Wh- what is real? What is not real? Where, where does it all... Where, where's the boundary regarding these things? And this guy, Morpheus comes to him and reveals certain things that he was just thinking of before and, de- and declares to him that the life that you're living, it's all just virtual reality. It's a simulation. This is what the scientists are saying these days. That the life that we have here, everything that you see, it's just a simulation. It is not really real. There is a higher reality. That's crazy. But it's not so crazy because the Bible already said it. You know what happened with Morpheus and Neo? Offers him two kinds of pills. One, picture there, take the blue pill. He says, take the blue pill. You'll wake up tomorrow and as if nothing happened, you can believe whatever you want. But you can take the red pill and then you'll enter Wonderland. He says, you enter Wonderland and then you'll discover how deep the rabbit hole goes. But you know, in Christ, we entered, here, we entered in through His blood. Something red. And he opens, he opens up to us a land full of wonder. And He says, come in and discover how deep my love is for you. That's what He offers Right now, you really see in Christ what is true reality. And again and again, here, you hear it here on this platform as pastors declare it, that your reality in Christ is that you're complete, you're healed, you're, you're whole, you're rich, and all of these things. But sometimes, 
we find ourselves, at least this is true for a lot of people outside, a lot of people are chasing after shadows. What do you mean shadows? Have you seen a shadow? There's a picture here of guys taking uh, a picture of their shadows. Now, let me relate it like this. Who among you have a... You remember when you were younger, you were chased by a dog. Was that a pleasant feeling? No, di ba? Parang all f- yung heart mo is here and you're running as fast as you can. But no matter how fast you run, the dog is right there. And it would have been okay if the dog was big. Kung maliit, nakakahiya. That's what happened to me. I still remember the name. Panther. Okay? Small black dog. And uh, I was so scared. I was running because he's right behind me. Now, just for a moment, would you still run if it's a shadow chasing after you? Would you still have the same reaction? Would you still run as if your life depended on it? Siguro hindi, di ba? But some of us, sometimes we get scared of shadows. We wake up in the middle of the night and there's a shadow. Go, right? May narinig ka. May gumalaw na shadow. Shadows. The Bible says, you know, uh, when you walk through the, valley of the, uh, through the valley of the shadow of, it's not real death, it's just a shadow. He says, I will fear no. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil, my, you know, all these things. You prepare a table before me. So the focus is not the shadow. A lot of people, they're concerned, they're afraid of because they think this is real. It's just a shadow. The Bible says, you know, the things here on earth, specifically the tabernacle, they're a shadow of the things that are reality in heaven. What is in heaven is the real deal. When God created the earth, it was a replica, the image, the shadow of what is the reality in heaven. So our reality is really rooted in heaven. That's how God designed it. That's why we're praying, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because there is the highest reality. The ultimate reality for you and I. But a lot of people are still searching, seeking, running after shadows. Because they think, and they give their life chasing after shadows, the things here on the earth. As if that's, that's the ultimate reality. Uh, Pleasure. Let me give you another example about shadows. Okay? What if pastor stands up here and uh, decides, because he is so generous, he, he says, those people who are in the 7 o'clock service today, who among you, you're, you're that one. You can raise your hand. Just believe me, that's you. And he goes, okay, next week, balik po kayo. Come back next week. And those who are here, present in this room, and including the uh, fourth uh, level, all of you will share one trillion dollars. You're going, wow, but do you have any idea how much one trillion dollars is? Parang, it's too amazing to it, it it's too big a number to actually real, realize so you would like to see 1 trillion dollars paki ko yung wallet ko next what's up kasi kukuha ako now to give you a picture to give you an idea first okay i'll show you a picture of what a hundred thousand and a million and a billion wh- what it looks like the small piece of paper here that you see, that's probably $100,000. Small. It can fit in your, some of you have bigger wallets um, because you're believing so much. It can fit there. Maybe some people in your bag. A million dollars right there, the bigger stack right beside it, that can probably fit in a backpack or whatever. Right? Who among you have a backpack? Right now. <laughs> and this one here, that's one billion. Who among you could use a billion dollars right now? Some of you are too shocked. Would you like to see what a trillion dollars look like? Would you like to see it? Come back next week. Sabi ni Pastor, next week eh. 
Now show them the picture of one trillion dollars. Boom. Crazy. This is not a toy truck. Okay? This is an actual trailer truck. And one trillion is all of that. And pastor said, I, you can all share this one. But only the shadow. They're so excited. You go, huh? Shadow lang? Parang, that's no use. If you were given that shadow, would you have the courage to go to Abinson or to Metro Market and step inside and say, Abinson, magano ka? <laughs> You're not going to do that. Meron akong shadow ng pera. You're not going to do that. People will think you're crazy. But in truth, it's, it's funny, but a lot of people do that because you're, they're chasing after material things. You know, the wisest person that ever lived, arguably, is Solomon. But Solomon, somewhere in his life, shifted his mindset and decided to pursue pleasure and wealth and all of that without limits. And what he discovered instead towards the end is that pleasure and wealth and all of these, they have limits. And he says in a book, Ecclesiastes, that all of that, what he did, it was chasing after the wind. Chasing after the wind. Now who among you, when you were younger, you were chasing after butterflies? You're trying to catch butterflies, right? Right? I was chasing after uh, spiders. And, you know, and I would make them temporary pets. I would put them in a match, match, yung lalagyan ng posporo. Right? Buhay pa ba? Ay, kanina buhay. Patay na. And you'd play with them. You'd put one here and then one there and mag-aaway sila. Go, go, go. Hindi kailangan ng battery. Hindi mo kailangan i-charge. Okay? Right? Pero namamatay din. <laughs> That's what I was... But some people, they chase after butterflies. Now, wh- how strange would it be if you find somebody chasing after wind? Ano nandyan? Hangin. Huwag mong buksan, baka makawala. Uy, uy! Wala na. And you go, would you be proud? Say, what's there? Hangin ang galing bagyo yan. Now, there are people that I know, they, 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 I've, I've heard stories, they, they, some people collect soil from different nations. I, don't, I haven't heard of anyone collecting air or wind from different nations. And how do you know it's from there? You can tell. Iba yung amoy. I don't know. This is weird. Right? Chasing after wind. It's, it's funny, but that's how a lot of people, that's what a lot of people are doing, chasing after temporary things. This is what the scripture said. That the things that we see, they're temporary. But the things that are not seen, they're eternal. So what is more important? What has more weight in the end? The things that we see or the things that we don't see? I'm not saying... Now, the things that we see, they're not important. They are important right now. But you don't put your whole weight on that because that is passing away. What God has given us in the eternal that is more weighty, that, has, that is more important in our lives. And these things will change that. In, in the scripture... Many times, especially in the Old Testament, New Testament, of course, we see people having glimpses of the heavenly reality. They see glimpses of that. Abraham, you know, had, you know, encounters with God. Jacob had encounters with God, seeing, you know, a ladder and angels coming back up and down. All people, a lot of people in the, in the, Joshua had that. The people of Israelites, they had encounters with the, the, with, with God. In fact, great power they have seen with their eyes and they were recipients of wonderful and awesome miracles. But sometimes when people go after miracles and they, all, they just want that, like for, 
even here, there are people who want to see a miracle in their lives. You're at the point, Lord, if it's not by your miracle, I don't know how it's going to happen, right? But this is my encouragement. This is my prayer. Let's not just go after seeing the power of God and miss the person of God. Because apart from the, apart from the person, the power has nothing. But when you go for the person, the power is included because you cannot, re, you cannot uh, separate the power from the person. But you can have and, and, and have an experience of the power but limited because that's all you want and miss the person. I believe, this is what I believe in my heart. God is ready to perform what He said to you. God is ready. Right now, there are people here you've been thinking, Lord, you know, I've been coming to church and I believe the things that you say, but parang antagal. When is it going to happen? You, and it's not like you're doubting God, but you're still, Lord, I want to see it, Lord. And my encouragement to you is this. Your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. You've heard it. There's a promise. You've caught it. You believed it. You review it. You speak it. You remind yourself. But guess what? It is nearer than when you first believed. Don't give up now. It is nearer now. It may be when you get home. It may be when you wake up tomorrow morning. But what I'm saying is don't let go. It is nearer now than when you first believed. All these people saw glimpses of heaven. All the way down to Moses. Moses had a request. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you, God. God said, you can't see me fully and survive. What I will do, I I will hide you between a rock and I will cover you with my hand, and I will let my goodness pass by. He experienced glimpses of heaven. But with Jesus Christ, what he did was he tore the veil that was separating us from that reality, and he says, boom, you can enter in. This is now available for you and for me. He tore the veil. Right now, we have full access to that which is truly real. What is important though, and I just, I'll just throw this to you guys, is what you allow to frame what is real in your life, to frame what is truth in your life. Because the world will force upon you what they think is real or how they define reality. But we, you and I find our reality in the Word of God. Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, in the Amplified. It says there, By faith, we understand that the worlds, during the successive ages, were framed. There's a picture of a frame up here. Were framed, fashioned, put, to get, put in order, and equipped for in their intended purpose, by the Word of God. So the framing came by the Word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. What happens when there's a frame? Have you ever gone to, uh, anybody here, you've gone to a museum? Experience that, you paid or whatever, there's a museum and there are pictures. Now, do you go to look at the picture or the frames. You don't go to a museum, you go, wow, ganda ng frame. Kaling, oh. mo picture. Ganda, mo. The frame is there to highlight the image. The frame is there to bring a focal point and lead you to the image. It helps you. The frame is there to Border as a, it, it sets the boundaries of things. It holds things together. It is like a, like what Mitchie said a while ago. You know, who among you here, you have skeletons. Some of you are not sure. Just raise your hand. Would you survive without skeletons? No, it, it, it's important because it frames you. 
it, it is a scaffolding so that something may be built upon it. It is important for the structure to stand on its own. And the Word of God frames us. Because the Word of God, it is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So when we hear the Word, something's happening. A renewing of the mind is happening. Something is being adjusted in our thinking, in our believing, and in our hearts. And we're saying, and when you set yourself in agreement to what He said, because He promised it, He said yes and amen to it even before you knew you needed it. When we set ourselves in agreement to that, something happens in us. What's even more beautiful is that when you find yourself in the Word of God. You know, there are two people distinct that found themselves in the Word of God. You have John the Baptist. When he was asked, who are you? And then he said, I am the one crying out in the wilderness. He found himself in the Word of God. And say, he saw himself say, hey, that's me. And then he began to do who he was and who he found himself to be in Scripture. Another person is Jesus. He opened up the Scripture. He found himself in the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of God is upon me. And then he, fo- he found himself in the Scripture. Your reality will shift when you find yourself in Scripture. And what that leads us to discover really is that our ultimate reality, our highest reality, is no other than Jesus Christ. There is no limit to the wonder. There is no limit to the praise that will come out and the worship that comes out when we really see Him for who He is. He is so full of majesty and His glory is endless. I will read some scriptures to close our time together. But let me share with you something very interesting. I mentioned a while ago about scientists discovering that, hey, it appears that all of this is just a virtual reality. There's a higher reality that we're trying to discover. Now, let me get a little bit geeky for a bit. Okay? Stay with me. Can you hand me that ball, please? There you go. As you can see, this is a ball. Now, have you ever seen an atom before? Anybody? Have you seen an atom before? In pictures, not in, you know, with your... Parang, ay, atom so. Not like that. You've seen it in pictures. Di there's, a, there's an atom, there are things that are going around, and there's that thing in the center. Right? Just imagine, we'll magnify that atom and make it really big, as big as this room. And to put it to scale, the center of that atom, the atom is as big as this room, but the center of it is the size of this ball. If you put this ball in the middle, and then imagine... Just imagine with your head, because you can't see it now, the, the, the things that are going around it. You have the nucleus, and you have all, all the other stuff that's going around, protons, electrons, and whatever. The things that are going around it, they're as big as dusts in this room. This is an atom. This is the center of the atom and dusts going around. And what, what's the conclusion? There is this huge, huge thing but a lot of it is empty. Right? If this is one atom, and this is all the particles, the hard things, that's not a lot of real material in it. It appears that all of it, the things that we see, the things that you see are not made of things that are visible. The Bible says. So why is it that I can touch this? It's not, it's not going through. There's a reality that's there that God wants us to discover about the things of God. Because all of this is shadows. Even atomic particles, they're shadows. It's saying something. Saying something to you and I. In fact, some scientists, they want to discover 
a lot of things, okay? One of the things that they want to discover and they were studying it, they want to study light, ilaw. What is the real, what is the reality about light? So they tried to look at it and they discovered, they want to know if it is solid or it is non-solid. And they discovered that it's both. Sometimes it would be particle. Sometimes it's a wave. You know what a wave, when I'm speaking, you hear the voice, right? But do you see the waves? No, but it's there. It's invisible. You can't see it. But you know it's there because you can hear me. And light is both, wait a minute, it's both solid, particle, but it's also wave. What is it saying? There's a duality to it. There's a, it's a combination of things. Light. But that's just a shadow. It's saying something. Do you know that Jesus is the light of the world? But He is fully God. But wait a minute, He's also fully human. Well, you can't be both. Yes, He is. Because He is the reality of what that light is. It's both solid, it's a wave, it's both. It's not either or or, it's both. There's another ball that we have. Now, can somebody kindly catch this ball? I'll throw it and just catch. It's not heavy, it's okay, it's safe. There you go. I hope you didn't catch it with your face, with your hand, okay? Now, can you kindly stand if you caught this ball? Stand up, please. Wala nang gustong umamin. Tinago mo na? Okay. Uh, can you please stand up? It's okay. You'll still share that one trillion dollars next week. Okay. Just hold it. Just stand up, please. Okay? Now, if sir is there, of course he's there. <laughs> Let's just pretend he's on the other side of the universe and me on the other side of the universe. There's this thing. It's okay. You can stand up to just show the ball to everybody. Okay. Identical. The same. But there's this thing in science, quantum physics, things that are smaller than atoms, subatomic particles. They discovered something really, really strange. That they discover that, you know, when things get really, 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 really small, it stops acting like normal things. There's a classical classical physics where, you know, the apple of Newton and gravity and all of that, they can measure all of that and, you know, it's a lot easier for the head to to comprehend, but when they started to study smally, really, 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 really small things, things started to act differently. Like, for example, these two particles here, these two subatomic particles, one on the other side of the universe and one on this, this side of the universe, when they get entangled, what does that mean? They're somehow connected. In fact, somehow, this particle is that particle. It's not a copy. It doesn't just look the same. It is one particle. What? Yeah, it's, it's both here and it's both there at the same time. But how can that happen? If this is what's happening. This is what they discovered. And the truth of the matter is, what's happening here on the other side of the universe, if this one starts to turn here, that, that one will begin to turn also. It will be affected. If this is suddenly cold, that will become, it will also respond. It will react. How does that relate to what's going on? Because this is only a shadow of what's really real in heaven for you and I. The Bible says you are in the world. Anybody, you're in the world? Yes, it's still you. You're here. You're in the world. But the Bible says, and we read it, that we are seated in Christ in the heavenly places. Wait, wait a minute. Am I really here or you're there? You're both. It is not a contradiction. It is both happening. The thing is, what do you allow to, uh, to be real in your life? The things here on earth or the things there in heaven? Because when you begin to shift from this higher reality and you say, regardless of what's happening there, but you, you think on this realm, whatever this realm has will have to happen to that. It will affect that because it is entangled. It is one. It is the same. The Bible says, do not entangle yourself to the affairs of this world. 
but then begin to think that you are one with Him. You are in me. He is in you. We are one. We are the same. You are not just a copy of Christ. You are in Christ. He is in you. You are one. There is no difference. Thank you, sir. You stand so well. (laughs) This is what we're saying. This is our reality. And this is our reality in Christ. Let me read scripture to us and then we'll close. Think about these things as I read the scripture. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 20 in the Message Bible. It would say here, we look at this son, so we're looking at Jesus, and we see the God who cannot be seen. We're looking at the son, but we see God. Why? Because they're one. When God sees you, He's looking at the Son. Why? Because you're one. We look at the Son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. God is not surprised what's happening in your moment. And He knows how to change your circumstances so that it will align to the reality that you have in Christ. Right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, He organizes, holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, He is there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is He, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of His death, His blood that poured down from the cross. So amazing. One last scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, observe with the things right in front of you. Look up, say look up. And be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you. The glorious you. Close your eyes eyes and bow your heads. Let me pray for some people here. I don't know the circumstances that brought you to this place. But I believe God orchestrated things so that you may find yourself seated right here. It's not an accident. There are certain circumstances that you're trying to get out of, trying to change. But in your power, it is not impossible. It is not possible. And God has just shown you, just parted the veil for a bit and inviting you to step in. If you have never given your life to Christ and you're hearing what I'm saying and you're saying, I want to step into that reality. I don't want my limited vision of reality anymore. I want the truth. If this is you, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. Raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. I see some hands lifted up. Praise God. I believe even some people in the fourth floor, just raise your hand. If that's you, you can bring down your hands right now. And every person that raised their hands, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask everyone else to pray along with you. Pray it from your heart. Pray this. Jesus, I thank you 
for the life that you gave me. I receive your life as I offer mine to you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you suffered for me and that you died for me. I believe that you were buried, but now you are alive. And I'm ready to live this brand new life you have for me. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at newlifethefort.com.